Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Marky Moon, the, I would say, transcendent 11-minute title track. Of from the 1977 debut album of the band Television. Uh, side one of Marky Moon, maybe my favorite side of music. Um, Tom Berlain, the band leader, died over the weekend, age 73. Uh, you were at the uh, Grizzlies game yesterday. I'll ask you about the game itself in a minute. Um, but when we, we were on Friday, you indicated that you didn't think Memphis was going to tear itself apart over the weekend for all kinds of reasons right? and didn't. And I don't know, like it's, it's do you have any reflections on, on, well, on, I, on what unfolded? I, I think in sort of what I, what I said on Friday and I sort of reiterated, I, I think there was, and I don't do a pound. Uh, there's always the pound. It's just look at us. Yay. Memphis. No. We didn't whatever. <laughs> right. But I do think there was from the outside, there was an anticipation bordering on eagerness for this from a lot of national media outlets. And that was the message. Because, I, I, again, I, I said on Friday, I got texts from two friends who used to live in Memphis, and one lives in St. Louis, one lives in New York. And they're just processing what they're getting from, you know, CNN or yeah. National Public Radio, whatever. And they're both like, they both text me and says, is Memphis about to explode? And I said, no, like it's not, actually. Um, you know, I, I think the caller, you referenced in your column today, which is very good, but the caller, the, I, your segment before me last week, which I didn't uh-huh. hear live, I heard on yeah. the podcast afterward, was fantastic. And two callers in particular, I think, were great. One was the the active police officer who expressed his disgust in right. what happened. The other was the person you referenced in your column. The protester said, you know, I was out there during George, George Floyd. I got heckled by, you know, heckled by other Memphians for being right. out protesting. And he said, like, I'm not going to be out there tonight because... I'm see, I see the wheels of justice turning, and I'm going to sit back and watch and wait and see what happens, you know. And I'm not saying people out protesting were wrong because they weren't at all to do that. But I, but I didn't sense this within the city. There was outrage about what had happened, but whether there was not a we have to get out in the streets for this because there's been no response to it. Right. I mean, what's important is the response, and the response has to be ongoing. It's not like, okay, these five officers were fired and indicted. We're done here. That is not the case, right? But the whole point of protest is pressure action, and we're seeing action. And so it's going to be about what action continues going forward. It is striking how universal the action. I mean, it's just there's yeah. just this universal revulsion. There's right. there's no pushback. There's no, but why did he not do blank? But like, the, well, of this, you know. There are harder days to come on that yes. front. Because the reality is, and I said this on Friday too, We've got a policing problem transparently, clearly now. No right. one can deny it now. We have a policing problem. We also have a crime problem and a public safety problem that is also very real. 
in the in what the challenge for Memphis, and I think you know as we go into a new mayoral election coming up, this is going to be number one issue on the board. You know, the number one issue of the election, I think, is going to be how do we try to fix both of these problems in concert with each other, and that's going to get a lot more complicated than firing these fi- firing and indicting these five police officers. Yes, and in, in fact, it's it's. I mean, I was looking at. I I don't always, but sometimes I look at the the comments to my column. And uh, one of the first comments is, with all that said, is it okay to demand safe neighborhoods? Is it okay to demand that we not be carjacked? Is it okay to demand that our parked vehicles be intact when we return to them? Is and, it the okay? answer, and the answer is yes. Of course it is. But yeah. there's nothing, one has nothing, beating up a unarmed right, right, right. doesn't make your car less apt to get No, stolen. again, these are two, but, but it's not unrelated in the sense that we right. need better policing. Right. Better, you know, the, the, the policing we're getting that, that, that is not making us safer, right? And right. so not only do we have policing that has gone off the rails in some instances like this, but it's also not, you know, I mean, we're not solving, you know, what, what we have done to loosen up our policing has not been solving our problem. And so we right. got to take these two things and somehow bring them together in one conversation. Well, yeah, my, my friend Charles Fishman texted me in the midst of this. He said, having police murder completely innocent person reduces our sense of safety in the city you need the people who are supposed to protect and serve to protect and serve everyone and if people fear the police if any group in the city uh, except criminals fears the police you don't have a safe community he lived in mexico city for a while he said that was so clear in mexico city we wouldn't have gone to the police with a problem because they did nothing or they turned their back on you whatever else that's not a culture of safety you need the police to contribute feel like they're allies and it was striking i will say friday being out there and because there there was not anything to protest in terms of the immediate response to this immediate incident because the wheels of justice seem to be turning. Right. But it, the larger issues are are still there to be protested. And right. it was striking to listen to these people. And then there were the same people who were out there during George Floyd saying, talking about this Scorpion unit and right. saying it was well known in the community that the Scorpion unit was not promoting safety they'd come in and beat the hell out of you like right. that was their essence of what was and, happening and, and the thing and, yeah. and the thing when i talk about things to get more complicated we'll get more complicated i think you know the one, one of the news one that was like the scorpion unit has been deactivated yay well what does that mean that, right. that we don't know what that you know does that mean that the tactics and the decisions that went into putting certain officers in certain situations is going to change like that's you, you can deactivate a unit and give some other unit a different name, but that doesn't mean you fundamentally change the way you police. And so that's the kind of thing. It is interesting forward. that all of this is happening in the context of a new DA who right. was on some quarters widely derided for, ah, he's going right. to be reaffirming. And he actually seems like, and we will see how it plays out, the perfect person for this moment or, or the, the right, the right of, it seems like it, it's 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 a happy coincidence that this is happening now, or maybe not just a coincidence that 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 we have a different seemed like we're going to have a different approach. Right. I mean, we this is what elections are about. Like like like, <laughs> right. like 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 we decided we wanted a different approach in part for right. we didn't know this was going to happen, but we right. knew this is a climate of issues, and we wanted a different mm. approach to that climate of issues. And again, you know, the DA is one thing. A mayor's race will will engage the community more broadly than a DA's race, and I think this will be the number one issue in that next mayor's race. All right, uh, I was struck too. Onward to the Grizzlies, just a little bit. And when 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 players and coaches talk about issues, sometimes they are just saying words. Sometimes, right. 
it all seemed really heartfelt yesterday, didn't it, to you? When it, yeah, I didn't do the post game since yeah. I wasn't writing, but I, Taylor Jenkins, I thought was very good pregame on the subject. Clearly, um, you know, Jaron Jackson had gone to social media like before, and so he'd been the one player who had sort of stepped out, right. um, and then other players, you know, were asked about it obviously after the game. Um, but yeah, no, I think Taylor Jenkins is 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 quite thoughtful on beyond beyond basketball. Now, you know, oftentimes he can be a little robotic in how he talks about things, basketball right. or whatever. But I, I, I thought he was quite good on the subject yesterday. Yeah. All right, uh, everything fixed with the Grizzlies? Second half? No, no I mean, I mean, they're good at winning home games against over uh, against um <laughs> mediocre and overmatched Eastern Conference teams. So that we know. <laughs> it looked like they might have even lost that trick in their bag for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, first yeah. half yesterday. Yeah. So I, I'm right. I'm working on a weekly column, which I'll probably get up sometime today. And I've already written the lead, which is way too long. So now I'm having to scrap some of my planned secondary stuff. But what my lead, what I'm writing about, is the John Jaron combo we got in that game. Which, and I asked the question, is this the best John Jaron combo game we've ever had? The the answer is maybe, but I get to, right. to some details on that. But to me, that was what was striking about it. It was those two: Desmond Bain's out, Stephen Adams is out, Dylan Brooks's slump is now reaching. Like you know, he's always erratic and always inefficient. But like this is, this is. I looked this up. This will be a secondary item. This is the longest stretch he's gone without scoring 20 in a game since the first month of his second season in the league. Wow. So so this is so he he he's in a bad place offensively even by his own standards. Right. He didn't feel like I, he didn't feel like a shot much yesterday. No, no, that's the thing. Yeah, so he, he he's knows not, he's in a yeah, bad yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yes. He's just like 2 and 9, whatever. Yeah. And so the good thing was like Jaron elevated fully right into that place as like, you know, at the top of the pyramid with Ja instead of Dylan trying to trying to be there. So that was good, but he's still like not not scoring. But um that was a great John Jaron combo game. And their their scoring kept them close in the first half when nothing was going on. Then in the second half, like Ja had fifteen assists, eleven came in the second half. Um Jaron had five blocks, four came in the second half. And so in the first half they were scoring to keep the team close, but the defense was bad and no one else was involved and no one else was doing right. anything. In the second half, they just sort of pulled the whole thing up. Like Jaron, Jaron put the clamps down on defense. Josh started getting the role players involved by by getting them set up for for better shots, helping them where they couldn't help themselves in the first half. Right. And I think in terms of the combination of those two guys together, it was one of the best games they've ever played together. And I thought it was notable that Taylor Jenkins went totally off his usual script, right? And was like they wanted that game bad, right? And Jaron, so Josh played the whole second half. So Ja averages 32 minutes a game. He played 42. Jaron averages 27 minutes a game. He played 38. And one of the things I looked at, and for some context on Jaron, if I can remember this right, because I just looked it up and wrote about it, that was the first time since the Lando bubble when he had the knee injury. Right. He's played 38 minutes in a non-overtime game. Wow. Um, and it's only the third time since that, since that knee injury he's even hit 35 in a non-overtime game. So well, we'll see whether that's a you, one-off out of desperation. I was going to say, like, you alluded in the first half when he sat down, was playing very well, yeah, best player. I, I think Taylor Jenkins was going at halftime and, and like, said, I'll yeah. show you. <laughs> right, yeah. Because there's a sense that there's this, quote-unquote, unspoken minutes restriction for him. And I think there there is probably a guideline There has been. It. Yes. I mean, but it's been a gradual thing. Like, so at the start of the season, coming off the foot injury on top of, you know, the knee thing from two years back, he wasn't playing back-to-backs, Right. And at a certain point in the season, they lifted that restriction. He started playing back-to-backs. They had still been keeping him around 30 with one or one or two games has been an exception, but around 30. And that was the first game 
like 38, that 38 tied his career high in a non-overtime game. But it, it was his highest of this season by like five minutes. And so, right. and it's not, and again, this is, I'm sort of the lone voice in the wilderness on this, especially national stuff. It's not because of the fouls. Like I, I wrote about that last week. You know, if you look at games where he's had three or fewer fouls, the minutes averages are the same right. as the games he's had four to six. It's because partly they're concerned about overusing him and partly just that's not how they play. It's almost like Huey Brown. Like, right. you know, the, the, like another thing I wrote about today, John Morant's averaging 32.6 minutes a game. That there's only two teams in the league who have a minutes leader average playing less. Uh-huh. San Antonio and Detroit. Which <laughs> are barely teams, right? <laughs> and so this is this is Taylor Jenkins sort of does the Hubie Brown thing. And people used to complain when Hubie right. was the coach. Like why is Pal Gasol averaging thirty one minutes a game and the other right. stars averaging thirty eight, right? That's just the way it is. Um so they were they were tremendous. Um how much I, I, we get the sense that Desmond Bain is coming back soon, and that and Danny yeah. Green is coming back Wednesday, right? Yeah, Danny Green let us know last week. Right, he let us he know last week. How much of what ails them though is just you know they, they don't have Stephen Adams and they don't have Desmond Bain. Oh, I think that's a lot of it. But but even I mean even at full strength, there's a real question about you start with Dylan Brooks offensively. There's a real question right. about the other than Desmond Bain, like what are you getting offensively from your entire wing rotation? Right. Um. And that's that's a glaring question, even at full strength. Uh, David Roddy was good yesterday. That was fun. Yeah, and you would think that may help him relative. I, I just wonder, they're so in on they're in on Roddy too. They traded for him, but they're more in on Zaire, right? Right. And I just I even if even if Roddy plays better, I don't know if he's going to be uh, ahead of Zaire Williams Zaire in a packing order. Right. Um, there was a little scrap during the game. Uh, I, I will say, like. It's a little strange, I think, the whole – for Ja to be going over and talking to Andrew Nemhart about what his pop said is to sort of – having to be – seems a little bizarre. Yeah, here's what I'll say. Um, I'm glad that in Memphis being somebody – and this guy, like John Morant's best friend, I guess makes you somebody – doesn't allow you to like stand up and 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 walk onto the floor and and gesture and you know angrily right. at other players. We will escort you from the building. Right. Unlike in Devon, Los Angeles, this is Devonte Pack, who is his best friend, right. who was escorted from the game yesterday. Unlike Shannon Sharp, right. who, who did the same thing should have and been was, should have been escorted from the game. That said, like if Dylan Brooks can tell an opposing fan to shut up, um. Indiana Pacers players visiting Memphis can tell, can tell an opposing fan to shut, shut up. up, and I don't care if that fan's John Morant's dad. Guess what? Whether you're John Morant's dad or you're a former football player, you're still just a fan. You're a fan with a ticket, ticket sitting in the front row, and like if you want to mouth off to opposing players, they can tell you to shut up, and like you should take it, you know, and it shouldn't become right. a thing. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's you know the Lakers in Los Angeles or the Grizzlies in Memphis, still still uh, comfortably in second. Uh, the Grizzlies are as they uh, as they uh, await the return of Danny Green. What did you get this? He's going to play some, not every game. What do you think? Oh, he, I don't know. I mean, yeah. typically, typically, I, I, I all I can say is what is typical. Typical coming off an injury, the Grizzlies, you know, will have players on a minute's limit, and they don't play them in back to backs. 
for a certain period of time. And so I would assume it would be no different for Danny Green coming off a pretty major injury and coming off a pretty major injury. And he also in never a had a role in the rotation previously. Like he has to earn – Well, well that, he, is, he, that is the other thing. That's, that's the, the funny thing about him saying I'm going to play – on, on, you know, and, and probably he, he knows he's going to play because he's talked to the coaches, but it is funny to just come out publicly and say, I'm going <laughs> right, to play right. when, like, you've never been in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. Like, coaches don't have to play you just because you're available. But presumably they will, and I think they should. they got to figure out, like, what he can do. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I don't think they have a lot of back-to-backs left. I don't remember. I haven't looked at it, but I, I doubt they do. And so I assume he'll be playing, you know. If, if he's effective, he'll he's going to be playing. And I how assume. much do you think – what happens at the deadline hinges on the next trial with Danny Green. I can't. I can't imagine that much because I assume, like, I doubt the Grizzlies are going to be whatever they think about him. Right. I doubt it's going to be radically different when he plays. I would hope. Now it right. is different to play than behind the scenes. Right. But I would hope they can gauge things well enough behind the scenes to have a sense. I don't think they're going to think this guy's going to be great and then he comes out there and he can't right. play at all or vice versa or whatever. Like I, I would assume. And so I think the calculation will not be about what he looks like in the next few games. I think the way fans process it will be about that. But internally, I don't think it'll be about that. It'll be about their internal, you know, determination of like what's available for them to do, how much they value, what he can give them on and off the floor, and sort of doing a cost benefit of those two things. Um, all right. Uh, also in the NBA, LeBron didn't get a call that he probably should have gotten. National emergency and when the Lakers don't out get a it call. Is, everyone's it genuflecting, is, it apologizing. Is, it is pathetic. <laughs> it is pathetic that the NBA referees like, NBA officials. got down on bended knee to apologize. For, like, missed calls happen all the time. That was pathetic. It was a missed call. The, Laker, the fact Lake, that Lakers are so fa- aggrieved. I even had Bob Mayer in my text, like feeling <laughs> aggrieved about it. And I'm like, I'm like, poor guy. You just can't catch a break with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate. it. Is this piece going up later today? Uh, if, probably if I can get it finished. That is that is Chris Harrington. You can read him at the Daily Memphis, and he'll have a piece on the best. Is it? Was it? Do you, you you submit an answer here on whether it was the best Jod Jaron game ever? Do we have yeah, to clarify not, that? But not not a forceful answer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can read that over at the Daily Memphis. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.